0: Two wizards.
1: Two wizards. Two wizards. Two wizards. Granted, yeah, got down to like the teens temperature-wise, but that's what I want in a winter. I want to like be huddled up under a blanket and uh, making a bunch of hot tea and wearing big fuzzy socks and my like house slippers. I want that and I finally got that for like yeah, 36 hours. And now it's nice. just back to like yeah, so it, it so I'm I'm trying to be mindful and like gracious and I finally got that season. <laughs> for <laughs> anyway, like 36 mid, hours. Yeah, mid mid January for 36 hours and then yeah, just back to gray. Didn't I see, like, again, like, a fairly decent snowfall there in the valley? Um, no, we got the one, and then that okay. was that was
0: it, but... Maybe that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of that still. Well, at least better than Because I feel like, like that was, what, like, New Year's or something that we got the yeah. snow. And it was even kind of like, ooh, New Year, new snow, and everything is fresh and clean, and we're gonna get rid of all this shit, and, like, you know, the snow is, you know, what do you call that, Re- restorative, and then spring right. can pop out new, and... No, instead, we just have crazy hordes of Canadian geese that don't like the cold. so they're <laughs> chasing everybody around. And
1: we, yeah, we get a bunch of them over here too. because um, yeah, there's like a couple of rivers that run through Columbus, and uh, like I mentioned, we try to keep some like green spaces out. Uh, and yeah, every time, uh, driving by either by myself or, or even with the Mrs. Wizard with me, I'll just see a big flock of them, and be like, "God, you goddamn Canadians, go back to where you came from. <laughs> Not welcome here." <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they just like shit everywhere, and then fly off. So, <laughs> I'm just excited. I- I'm excited uh, because whatever the season, uh, come come rain, come snow, come uh, invasive geese, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you, Mark. Really good buddy, dear friend and uh unleash into the world a new episode of the two wizards podcast and that's what we're doing right now hi everybody my name is Josh and i am a wizard and my name is Mark and i am also a wizard
0: and man Josh like i don't know if i'm excited to unleash this on the world i almost feel like we're doing something bad with this episode but uh, right. That's all right it's going to be yeah. it's going to be good no
1: matter how you shake it out cuz
0: well, that's what we do. We just put out good stuff, but
1: it, it is, it is, and and um. We still kind of fly more or less blind, but we, more often, like we're starting to at least sh- share with each other. Hey, I think this is what the topic is going to be, and then throughout the week we'll like text back and forth. Like, oh God, you, you won't believe the sources I'm, <laughs> or whatever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I do know what the topic is. I don't know what exactly the details are going to be, but I. Uh, w- I am. I am here for you. I'm here for our listeners, and we'll just we'll we'll make it through together. We're we'll all make it through together. We're gonna go on a journey,
0: but before we go on this journey, we need to start this as we always do. Josh, mm-hmm.
1: what is in your wizard's goblet? I guess well, or what 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 did uh, we have last
0: week? It was a wizard's tankard. What is in your yeah, wizard's tankard?
1: Yeah, So in my wizard's tankard, and and I'm I'm maybe trying to like balance this out, right? Like a little. Uh, Yin to the yang of this episode uh, Because as soon as we get into it People are going to realize like, Oh god this is dumb and trashy So I thought okay how can I balance this out What if I find like a a really classy What about a really classy drink For my wizard's tankard Or should I say in this instance Specifically my wizard's uh, coupe glass Um, I had I had a little extra gin Lying around I had a little vermouth that we did some cooking with and So I thought god damn it I'm going to make a martini Oh shit! So yeah, it's well, and also too, like we're we're recording at a at at not our usual time because yeah, having a martini uh, at night like it's fine or whatever. But hey, if I'm like mid afternoon drinking, uh, goddamn it, why not a martini? So, uh, so yeah, I have uh, a Tanqueray gin, uh, whatever store brand vermouth, (laughs) a couple of green olives, and, and and yeah, this is a this is a dry, little dirty. Martini that will be probably the classiest, most sophisticated thing we discussed today.
0: <laughs> right on. It's you know, it's weirdly appropriate. Like Oh, okay. Alright. In, in in the roundabout way of like you know, way back when when humans like in the eighteen hundreds, we were just like tanked twenty four seven <laughs> and you know
1: like you have like a three martini lunch. well shit, buddy, this might be a three martini recording. so yeah, this is it. this is it. well and, and also uh, I will say that these olives uh, are not uh, pimiento stuffed or, or, or onions or or, or uh, blue cheese, whatever. they are they are hollow. They are hollow oh. Oh. olives in my <laughs> martini. but but anyway, so <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> this will make sense in like four mo- more minutes, guys. Just, just, just hang on for four more minutes. What are, what are you quaffing uh, this time in your wizard chalice, wizards tankard, wizards coop glass, whatever? Um, once again,
0: out of my wizards tankard, the the leather boar tankard that I sent you last, a picture of last. Oh, week. Oh yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my t- tight and true red rum ale from Estes Park Brewing. <gasps> That's the uh, the shining one. Yep. Yeah, I have been listeners. I have been amazingly sick this last week, and so like, it was gonna be either this or like maybe a Nyquil teeny. But <laughs> it's all right. We're we're gonna see how we do with this. So yeah, without yeah. further ado, cheers, good
1: buddy. Cheer! Here's Anya. Mm. God damn, I love those. Mm. Mm.
0: I I love these. They're, they're fantastic.
1: I yeah. The next time next time i'm out that way again i'll have to try and try and hunt hunt some down but um but yeah and uh if you like um throughout the course of this episode just hear my like lips smacking it's probably because i'm uh eating green olives by the by the fistful um so i'll, I'll try not to be super annoying with that but god damn <laughs> i just love green olives mm.
0: ah, it's all good.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i was gonna say like i don't know if um Ohio is groovy or not Josh but damn dude if you could get your hands on some like you know really just some good solid weed it might help this episode because holy mm. shit this is the dumbest thing we've ever talked about <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I uh, and this is also one that you kind of wanted kind of had it in the in your back pocket for a while and man if I guess if there's any time just to get that out of the way um, yeah <laughs> might as well so so so, Mark um, what what weird uh objectively dumb place are you taking us in this um in this episode i don't even think objectively
0: dumb is the right word this is like completely dumb like <laughs> this is you remember with unicorns and i was we were kind of like trying to like tread gently and then with mermaids yeah. we were like haha isn't this cute now this is like the dumbest thing we've ever talked about <laughs> but last week when we were doing antarctica mm-hmm. you tapped on operation high jump and listeners you heard my head explode and we're gonna cover that in like two weeks time. Okay. But to do that we need to do this, so this week we're gonna talk about the hollow
1: earth. Bum 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 <laughs> and it's oh my god, it's dumb. And we're not we're not even <laughs> saying we, we are not uh, besmirching the the good name of like theory or hypothesis. Or, yeah, so it's not the Hollow Earth theory, it's not the Hollow Earth hypothesis, it's not the Hollow Earth conjecture. No, it's just Hollow hollow Earth. Because, god damn. (laughs) But then midway through,
0: midway through my week of research and crash course and, like, load dumping and revisiting things that I already kind of thought that I had known, Mm -hmm. I hit this weird mark, Josh. And maybe it's from all the NyQuil, and maybe it's because I don't know who I am at this point. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it's not 100%
1: not true. So, And I guess that, yeah, and and that is is where we two wizards step in. We deal with the stupid so you don't have to. We look into the fissures of the earth and see if there's an echo. Well, and, I, and honestly, and uh, I, I'm not sure if you were going to hit on this at, at some point, but uh, just, just also recently, um, there were some uh, kind of papers about like weird, quote unquote, quote unquote scars in the uh, Earth's mantle or like outer core or something like some weird uh, regions of like more or less dense material that maybe had something to do with uh yeah the formation of, of the planet so who knows maybe that's also maybe that's part of it too maybe that's what's like kind of resonating with us and this very silly thing we're going to discuss
0: you're you putting way too much stock in me buddy okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> well maybe i'll just have another sip on my martini here and, and you can take me by the hand and lead me into this subterranean goofy goofy world
0: yeah, let's, let's do that. And before I get too ahead of myself, I'm going to rattle off my sources, as I am wont to do often, mm-hmm. um, starting with the internet, usgs.gov, Science Daily, Wikipedia, of course, bbc.com slash future, org, and then on the bookend, I have Weird, Biza- Weird Science and Bizarre Beliefs by Dr. Gregory L. Reese, which is a fantastic book, and I recommend everybody get it. Awesome. Historical Geology, The Evolution of Earth and Life Through Time by Reed... Nander? I don't know how you say his name. And uh, James S. Monroe. Josh, you might remember that as the pterodactyl book cover that All you saw right. when we recorded our pterosaur attack. Yeah. yeah, yeah Mundus um, yeah. Subterraneous by Athenius Kirscher. And Magic, Science, and Religion and Other Essays
1: by Bronislaw Malinowski. <laughs> that, is, that is quite a motley crew that you've assembled for, for our... Our time here today. So I'm 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 ready as I'll ever be. I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess we ought to just yeah. Let's just
1: chocolate giddy up here.
0: Um, Chocolate giddy up. So to start this, we need to get this out of the way. The current accepted theory of what the Earth is breaks down like this. Four point six billion years ago, the accretion disk that made Earth turned into more of an accretion ball and Mm -hmm. took like the basic shape of our planet. (laughs) <laughs> and a solid iron core formed, and it's larger than Pluto, which blew my goddamn mind. Yeah, just, uh, oh, man. And suddenly, like, I've always been of that camp of, like, leave Pluto alone. Pluto matters, like, and now I'm like, nah, nah, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, if, it, it if, doesn't. If, 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 if our inner, inner Earth part, is, like, the exactly. size of, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's not. It's <laughs> Get fucked, Pluto, you old planetoid yeah. bitch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you and uh, Charon, you're you're orbiting your your gravitational system with with your barycenter outside of your planet. Get get fucked.
0: <laughs> get fucked, scrub. Get better. Um, <laughs> so that formed. We we're pretty sure the current science. I just read this. I just read this paper, and that's where the uh, Science Daily comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1.5 to 1 billion years ago. So like Earth was kind of a solid, not a solid, but you, it. It was its most earthy shape at 4.6 billion years ago, and 1.5 to 1 billion years ago, the solid inner core formed. And as that formed, um, we get this from magnetic readings. We get this from magnetic levels in iron and magnesium rock. We think that that's when that formed and made the solid inner core. And then around that, a liquid outer core formed. And again, I want to preface this all with we think. We're not entirely sure, sure, but... Mm-hmm. We're, like, 99% sure that this is what we have now.
1: Yeah. As, as, as difficult as it would be to, uh, yeah, like, go, to, go, go through two miles of ice uh, to see what Antarctica is like, yeah, you're doing that but trying to get to uh, the center of our goddamn planet. Uh, and, yeah, I think that I, I, I take as given a lot of the composition and layers and things like that. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, and so then surrounding the solid inner core of iron is a mostly liquid outer core, which is mostly made up of iron and nickel, and it's about 2,200 kilometers deep, or 1,367 miles deep. And then outside of that, you have the mantle, and that breaks down into several layers, and again, we're going from the outside, or we're going from the inside out, Mm-hmm. The lower mantle is between 660 to 2889 kilometers or 410 1796 miles wide. And that's so starting at the bottom going out. Right. And that's mostly solid and that's made of something called perovskite which is base which is mostly magnesium and iron and silicate oxide. And it's kind of cool because each one of these layers this they have they have stuff that is unique only to their lair. It doesn't occur anywhere else, but given the heat and pressure in the regions, you have this first layer called perovskite. Kind of fun.
1: Yeah.
0: You also get this deal in the liquid called the asthenosphere, and that's where magma Wow, that's where magma comes from. Oh, okay. So like volcano, the stuff that like, you know, shoots out of volcanoes, it's coming from inside of this section. Gotcha. Moving out from there, you have the middle part of the mantle or the transition zone. It's between 410 and 660 kilometers, and that's made of wadisite and ringwoodite. And that's most mostly solid. It's not. It's more gooey than it is solid.
1: Y- yeah, one of those uh, like non-Newtonian fluid type type things. non, yeah, non- yeah, yeah. Non-Newtonian liquid. Yeah, like it's kind of goopy, kind of flowy, but. It's, it's not like pouring a glass of water, necessarily. This is your uh, frozen marg over at Chili's. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like... I'm trying to explain this in, like, food terms, because food makes sense to me, and, yeah, it's it's a frozen right. marg at Chili's, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you, yeah. You,
1: you, you have your, like, ball of ice in the center, and then, yeah, the, like... Maybe, like, the, like, kind of, like, uh, yeah, the, like, frozen marg at the top, and then on the top, like, the crust where we live, that's, like, your, like, float of, I don't know, whatever, whatever, uh, the margarita mix,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't really blend it that well, and it kind of separated out. There's some tequila there on the top. Yeah. On top of that is the upper part of the mantle, and that's 410 kilometers thick all the way up to... The surface between seventy and five kilometers or thirty five and seven kilometers respectively. And finally on the very tippity top, what you and I are walking around
1: on Josh is called the lithosphere. Which that's oh my God. Which, as Which as is insane to do. think about anyway. Like Right. As as we always talk about with big numbers, that yeah, that we what 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 is hospitable to life as we know it is like a fraction of a percent of like the actual layers of, of the earth here like that's ah, that's so wild that's so wild
0: yeah it's it's crazy and the lithosphere ranges in size from five kilometers to 70 kilometers in density and so like think of that as like the the highest parts of the mountains to the lowest parts of the ocean and that's where you're going to get this division
1: yeah <sighs> <Ugh. Ugh. laughs> like right? yeah 5 5 kilometers is like roughly 3 miles and, and granted yeah that, that probably is more like the ocean floor or whatever but yeah to like just imagine like oh okay yeah uh uh yeah the distance that i can run in 20 minutes more or less that that could get me from the Lizho, fr- fr- from the lithosphere down into like the mantle that's that's yeah ugh, ugh. wild wild stuff man wild stuff
0: the deepest that we as humans have ever gone to is something called the Cola Super Deep Borehole. Um, that's 4, that's 40,230 feet deep, or 12.2 kilometers deep, or if you like any type of vision and just like the big round numbers, 7.5 miles deep. That's, uh, Which, oh when you think about it, is literally nothing at all compared to all the numbers that I just rattled off at you. But it was done by the Russians in the 70s. And I honestly think that this was Russia's, like, reaction to America landing on the moon first. Oh, okay. Because, like, if you look at all the math and science behind it, the Soviets definitely should have beat us getting out to the moon. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no reason that America should have done it. And I have – that's for another podcast to to discuss. But, like, I really think that this was their, like, oh, yeah, well, you get to moon first? Fuck you. We get to hell first. Go down, (laughs) comrades. (laughs) So they, you know, drill a giant hole to see how far they can get, and let's just go to hell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. we will absolutely come back to, like, space race um, stuff in another episode, because I'm sure we could both just go wild, go wild on that. But
0: Hot take of the episode. The original moon landing was faked, but we'll get there later. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. We had to fake it and say, oh, yeah, we totally did it, so the Russians got sad, and then we're like, oh, well,
1: we'll quit trying now, and then we got
0: there later, but...
1: Okay, yeah, I can, I can, I would be willing to entertain that, uh... It was me emailing a
0: JPEG version of my paper for finals, and then, like, (laughs) the file would be corrupt, and the professors couldn't open it, and like, hey, Mark, can you send me another one? (laughs) Oh, no, how terrible! And the whole time, I'm, like, fiercely (laughs) hammering out on my keyboard, like, trying to fix it to, like, actually do the paper. (laughs)
1: yeah right it was it was a screen you know it was just a it was just a false flag there but maybe that's okay because i've well just also very very briefly uh to 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 bring this tangent to a close i've totally had students uh submit yeah like uh dot pages it's like okay i i i can't open up like apple stuff you have to say you have to send that as a pdf oh i don't i don't know how to do that and then like four hours later I get I get the actual thing, so it, yeah, it's a it's a proven thing. It's a proven thing. Yep. <laughs> I would love to say that I was a good student in college
0: and like did my stuff on time, but no, I figured out that trick, and boy did I rely heavily on that.
1: <laughs> it's it it's just yeah, it's like the non like the non school learning things. You're like okay, yeah, here's how here's here's how I can. Yeah, still function in society, but make it seem like I'm I'm an upright citizen and, and doing my damnedest and all that. But <laughs> Mark, your
0: theater history file was a wave. It it was. That's crazy. I swear to God, I saved it as a word file. Here, let me let me get you a fresh one. I'm, that's weird. I don't know why that would have happened, Doc. I'm I'm real sorry. <laughs> so that's Earth as we know it. Wink, mm-hmm. wink, wink. Air quotes. Can you hear my fingers air quoting? <laughs> yes, yes, I can actually. Yeah. Josh, I'm here to tell you that maybe just maybe all that is bullshit. (laughs) Maybe. And usually, like, the two wizards formula for topics is we will look at the the folklore behind a thing, and then Mm. we'll look at the science, and we'll kind of draw our conclusions from there. But this time I want to mix it up, and I want to look at the scientific theories. Wink, wink, wink. And then we're going to do folklore, because the folklore is what really puts the nail in my proverbial coffin of like, no, the hollow earth is definitely real.
1: Okay, okay. I just wish my office chair had a seatbelt um, on it so I could buckle up. But, you know, that's okay. That's all right. I can manage yeah. somehow. <laughs> drink, drink, drink more martini, buddy. You'll be good. Yeah, I can have a little more of that, too.
0: So the first theory, and, and so, again, like, folklore has said that the Earth was hollow going back from, like, the beginning. Like, as soon as we started mm-hmm. thinking about shit, we decided, oh, yeah, the Earth is hollow. But scientifically, wink, 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 speaking um, the first guy to really think that the earth was hollow was a guy named Athanasius Kircher and he wrote a book in 1665 called the Mundus Subterraneus or the subterranean world and his goal was to set out and try and understand like natural phenomenon like earthquakes and volcanoes with using the Bible as his base work for a reference, and he wanted to understand why this shit happened other than God is bored and angry at us.
1: You're right. Yeah.
0: Which, again, like, framing it in the context of the time, 1665, it makes perfect sense. Like... Yeah,
1: goddamn, man. the, The
0: Bible would be, like, probably the groundwork for everything, and, like, even, like, Galileo and stuff framed his stuff with the Bible in mind. Like, I think he called, like... What did he say?
1: Something to the effect of like space was the music of the planets, or some shit. Like, yeah, yeah, that that was a whole right. Yeah, like the celestial orbs. Um, yeah, resonating all that. Well, well, that and um, yeah, like Isaac Newton was, yeah, like part part wizard too. Um, he just happened, and and I can applaud. I can applaud the effort to, and 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 the intention to, yeah, start start filling in some of these mysteries other than just. Uh, because God wills it. Um, yeah, sort of like digging away at what we would later call the god of the gaps, right? So so yeah, yeah. I can I can I can applaud and I can respect and I can appreciate him uh, wanting to do that. Yeah, it's and you know what really like for the context of the time, sure, use the goddamn Bible cuz what else are you going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, didn't come didn't really have anything else to write. <laughs>
0: And so, like, I kind of got horned up for this guy and ended up reading most of his book. He was really cool, and he was kind of a boots-on-the-ground type investigator, not one of these, like, just supposing it. So after Vesuvius mm. erupted, he paid a guy to take him up to it and climbed into the caldera.
1: That's so awesome. Like, yeah, he
0: went up and in, like, re- and it didn't give, like, an exact timeline because 1660-whatever, but, like, Homeboy went into the mouth of a very active volcano, and he came to a couple conclusions after going inside of it. The biggest one was that inside the earth there are large, there are large chambers that were created by God on the third day when God raised land up out of the ocean.
1: Mm.
0: So in in the Bible, you know, God pulled the land up out of the sea and all that good shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These chambers are called geophilacia, and they can hold either air, water, or fire. And these are like pockets inside the earth. And he called these either hydro, aero, or pyrophilatia, respectively. Mm -hmm. The largest of these chambers is pyrophilatia, and that's hell. And that sits in the center of the planet. Hmm. So he's looking at, like, the center of the planet is a literal thing. It's a literal chamber full of fire, and that's where hell is. That's where the devil lives. It makes perfect sense. Sure. Yeah. The second of these chambers was closer to the surface... And that's where he thought that Purgatory was located. And that's somewhere in between hell and the surface of the earth that you and I are standing on. Mm-hmm. Um, pipes or pipes or fire ducts connected the surface of the planet down to hell, and this is where you get hot springs and um, volcanoes from. Yeah. And so sometimes the hydroflacia fla- I'm trying really hard to not make it sound like fellatio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hydroflacia, um, the ones containing the water would get heated up by the fire pipes and they would exchange the heat and the water would come up or the fire would come up and these would run concurrently through the planet and this is where you get hot springs and volcanoes. He also said that mountains were like a skeleton. And Mm. he said that he believed this because mountain ranges tend to run in a north to south pattern. Mm -hmm. So beneath mountains you have the hydroflacia, which create the rivers and... which create rivers and oceans and ocean whirlpools in the middle or whirlpools in the middle of the ocean are just these, but there's, you know, already water inside of it, but this is where they're, you know, coming out onto the surface. Mm. There were two other holes at the top and bottom of the planet on either pole. So like, if we were to like, if you were to take your, I'm I'm assuming you have your olive right now, Josh, with a, Mm -hmm. with a uh, toothpick through it. Yeah. And if you pull that toothpick out you can see through clear through like the north and south pole of your olive. Right. That's what he thought was going on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so Wait. this system worked it, this system worked in like a three-way triangle of balance. Fire feeds water, water water, you know, then feeds air, air feeds fire and so forth and that's what makes Ooh. the world literally go around.
1: And also could be an alternate Uh, Yeah, like an alternate uh, uh, Pokemon starter kind of series. (laughs) Instead of like fire, grass, water all the time, okay, yeah, fire, fire, water, air. But also, yeah, it still makes sense, right? Like, uh, yeah, like if you blow on fire, if you blow your breath on fire, there's more oxygen and it kind of gets a little bigger. Uh, Fire feeds water? I guess. And that one doesn't make sense to me, but like,
0: so the... So, and I don't know, okay, so without getting into, like, an amateur geology uh, lecture, like, Mm -hmm. tectonics works like this, it's, or not tectonics, but like, there's a deal called convection and the earth itself is literally Mm -hmm. dynamic. So Mm -hmm. pressure from the bottom drives upwards, it hits the top, pulls plates apart, those plates mash into other plates, those plates drive down, that gets subduction, Mm -hmm. and if they collide into each other, they create orogenies. He, which makes mountain ranges. This dude was like, right, so he had s- close. He was so damn yeah, close to being a lot of the right. Pieces. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy to think about like how close this dude was while still being like completely wrong.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like like he's he's very clearly observing uh phenomena and gathering evidence and trying to figure out what would explain all this so a- again like no I'm I'm definitely team Team Kirshner here yeah he, he makes a lot of sense in mm-hmm. a dumb way it was also <laughs>
0: cool he like he took accounts from everybody like he got accounts of like um from missionaries that were just coming back from South America and stuff and you know like hey what did you see over there oh well there was this really big mountain range that ran north to south, and there was volcanoes in these mountains. Ah, oh, yes, my theory, ha-ha. Like, he really he really tried his damnedest, and I, I got to give it up to him. But moving yeah. on from him, next we have Edmund Haley of Comet fame. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So in 1692, he suggested that Earth was essentially an ogre, and it had layers. <laughs> Insert Shrek
1: joke on your bingo card. that was that was perfectly timed as i was taking a drink (laughs) i'm sorry buddy (laughs) no don't be don't be because that was marvelous
0: (laughs) so the the there was a hollow outer shell that was about 800 kilometers or 500 miles thick and then two inner shells and then finally a core and in between each shell there's a speed so like They're moving around each other at different speeds, and this is what accounts for magnetism. But this is what also makes like compasses freak the fuck out in some places. Well, that's because it's thinner here, and this is where the ranges are, or this is where the like poles are shifting differently right here in this one spot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which will end, because I'm sure at this time, right, like, if I, if memory serves, yeah, it, it's at this time that we're, we're kind of figuring out, like, oh, okay, if you, yeah, like, either, like, run a current through things or, like, move things back and forth, that registers as, like, electromagnetic uh, 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 forces and all that. So, right, like, just, like, all the kind of jigsaw pieces, or most of the jigsaw pieces, but just maybe hammered in so they don't exactly fit but still like kind of kind of close kind of maybe c plus for effort but still like he's he's not wrong in his theory that there
0: is an inner core and that inner core is solid yeah. and then outside of that is like another layer and that's the liquid but then outside of that was the escenosphere the and that's where magnet like he's not totally wrong he's just not right at all like yeah yeah And so inside of all of these spheres was illuminating gas. And that's Mm. how light. And so I guess I should do this instead. Sorry. Inside of these, there was life that was independent and different from all life on the surface world. These were the same as above, literally so below. There's life that exists on all of these different levels. And in this case, it was illuminating gases. And here really quick, we're going to read from uh, Weird Science and Bizarre Beliefs, if I can find my bookmark. So this comes from uh, Haley, Haley's work, A Theory of Magnetic Variations. But since we see all parts of creation abound with animate beings, why should we think the strange and prodigious mass of matter whereof the globe does consist should be capable of some other improvements than barely to serve to support its surface? Why may not... Wow, I hate old English. <laughs> Why may we not rather suppose that the exceeding small quantity of solid matter in respect to the fluid aether is so disposed by the almighty wisdom as to yield the great surface of the for the use of living creatures as consistent with the conveniency and security of the whole? So What he's saying is, how come all life on Earth just exists up top? It also exists mm-hmm. on the inside. And my favorite bit of his theory is that he... Proved that the the inner workings of the Earth were lit was lit by uh, luminous gases, mm-hmm. and his theory for why we we could prove this was if you look up and see the Northern Lights. Well, those are the, just the same luminous gases; they're just escaping. Oh, that's see, why you look have at this, lights at, at the guy. North and South Pole. And granted, that's you know ionic discharge from the atmosphere, but still, man, like
1: <laughs> right, like just a lot of those jigsaw pieces just not exactly put together, Uh, but still like, um, see, now this is making me think of what we're talking about in Antarctica and as we've talked about many many other episodes like, man to be a dude in the 1600s trying to figure shit out, god that'd be amazing just like okay what, um, let's see here, what if I like take Uh, gallons and gallons of urine and boil them. Will that give me gold? Because, like, urine's gold, (laughs) and it's liquid, so if I just, like, boil it, will that give me gold? Well, no, it gives you, like, urea, and... But, hey, there's, like, nitrogen... Like, just to, like, do that, that'd be so goddamn cool. Yeah, just to be, like... Yeah, just... To be so dumb, but, like, still so hopeful and not quite (laughs) wrong... Right, and like, there's no like PETA that's yelling at you. There's no like, you can't test that on humans. Like, you just you just go wild. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha ha! Pee bubbles go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you burn down half the town trying to, um, yeah, like, yeah, it, uh, or or you. you There's this outbreak of disease because you're trying to see if uh, spontaneous generation is a thing or not. Yeah, damn it, because we want to learn. It's 1604, I'm curious. Let's, like, destroy things. Well, I mean, figure what, this is still the time when we thought that like sickness was caused by bad smells and miasma, like. Right, yeah, this is still the miasma thi- which even that in and of itself, it's like it's so close, guys, It's so close, like, yeah, there's, there's something about miasma, like bad things in the air that you're breathing in, you're so goddamn close to like a proper germ theory of disease, but. Well, eh. totally off topic, but I feel like
0: because, you know, we're living in COVID world, year number three now like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, i'm sure you've seen the deals with like um the the plague basins and it was like the yeah. basins with vinegar mm-hmm. in them and you would go wash your hands in the vinegar and it kind of helped slow plague down a little bit and it was like well yeah it, this is just you know early hand sanitizer stations we don't know what th- we're th- doing but we're, we're getting there we're we're just kind of
1: tapping like hmm well, and even, uh, I, I guess this is, this is one of my hot takes of this episode, right? Like, we laughed at all those plague doctors with their masks. Like, look at those dum-dums putting flowers in a, like, long bag in front of their face. It's like, okay, and then how many of you have been wearing cloth masks forever, only to just recently have the CDC come out and say, like, okay, yeah, so actually that didn't really do anything. Like, like wood-cut carving of some German guy in 1704 wearing a plague mask... A trendy TikTok influencer Who uh, hand sews their own masks To match their outfits Show me uh, Corporate wants you to find the difference Between these two pictures (laughs) Guess what? There's not any (laughs) I wish like hell I could wear like the Plague Doctor masks God damn it Okay so, so yeah So we are starting school uh, right, this is, the, this is the first first full week of January, right? No, yeah. no, I, I guess second week. Second week of January, school's starting back up again, and we're getting all sorts of like, oh, if you, I mean, you can wear a cloth mask, but maybe double mask, or we're going to provide N95s for you. God damn it, I just want to roll up with a Plague Doctor mask and be like, this is as scientific as anything else that we're putting out right now. You know what you need to do <laughs> is you need to get that <laughs> fucking, oh, what was the theater company that did the Oedipus? You need to get one of those masks. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like Raven something, Raven something, other like that. See, well, okay. I could I could go on. I can go on and on <laughs> about like, yeah, like the difference in like theater masks and like, hey, have we like maybe primed ourselves more for masked theater having been through COVID world? Um, but uh, but but I I would hate you need to, take to it roll in
0: wearing just like a straight up Kabuki mask. That would,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like show up with like one of those no uh, oni kind of or like vengeful spirit masks. God, see, man, I totally dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally dropped the ball with uh, teaching theater history last semester. I should have, I, yeah, I should have worn like a Greek theater mask. I should have worn like a like a no theater mask. Goddamn. Oh well, <laughs> next time I teach that. Next time I teach that, there's always. I, I think I'm gonna wear my a
0: mask to work all week long. I think that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs>
1: yeah, for that. See, right? If we, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. If we have to wear this little mat, this little like strip of fabric around our, um, yeah, like nose and mouth, then let's lean into that. Let's let's do like big, <laughs> carnival. You know, feathers everywhere and sequins. That's what I want. That's what I want.
0: Baracho Kage rides again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's
1: that's all anyway, silly. Let's sorry. talk about
0: some real shit here.
1: Yeah, let's talk about some real
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> in eighteen eighteen, a dude named John Cleve Sims Jr. suggested that the Earth was in fact hollow, just like everybody else had been doing. He said that it was about thirteen thousand kilometers or eight hundred and ten miles on a thick shell, with a two thousand three hundred kilometer opening at either pole, kind of compounding on um mm theory. Mm-hmm. But he believed in this so much that he lobbied Congress for funding for an expedition to it. And his biggest problem (laughs) was that he didn't actually have solid science to back it, but also at the time, in 1818, no one had really been up that far. Like, we'd kind of been to the North Pole, but as we learned last week, we hadn't really been to the South Pole yet. Sure,
1: sure.
0: There was also a prevailing theory that up at the North Pole, there was a missing continent, that we just didn't know where it was. Hmm. And I think that this is also what he was trying to kind of base his theory on. But well, it's kind and, of dumb.
1: It's, well, it's really and, dumb. And even, well, and even just earlier, and, and maybe we'll cycle back to this in, in like, the, the second half of the episode. Because, um, like, people have been exploring caves. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, and you know, like, mining operations, I'm sure, kind of taking off at this point, too. So, like, there's also in the the popular imagination, yeah, there are these, like, really big underground spaces that, uh, yeah, seem to defy all odds that there's, you know, giant uh, 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 caverns and spaces. Even though there's, like, a mountain on top of it, here's this, here's this big cave or whatever. So maybe this is just, like, a little pocket like that, and then what's to say underneath the Earth isn't like that, too? Yeah. So I can... I can be sympathetic I, I i i i i can understand how people are maybe arrived at this idea of like nah the uh, earth's hollow because look at the northern lights <laughs> <laughs> they're the gas escaping from the poles makes
0: perfect sense <laughs> well so uh mr symes he uh go he went ahead and did the world's first ever GoFundMe, and he sent this letter to and i'm quoting here each notable foreign government, reigning prince, legislator, city, college, and philosophical society quite around the earth. <coughs> <laughs> and this is from a pamphlet. <laughs> I declare the world is hollow and habitable within, containing a number of solid concentric spheres one within the other, and that it is open at the poles 12 or 16 degrees. I pledge my life in support of this truth, and am ready to explore the hollow, if the world will support me and aid me in the undertaking. I ask 100 brave companions, well equipped, to start from Siberia in the fall season, with reindeer and sleighs on the ice of the frozen sea. I engage we find a warm, rich land, stocked with thrifty vegetables and animals, if not men. Reaching on one degree northward latitude of 82, we will return the succeeding spring. And I'm sure, Josh, we've all heard of the missing expedition of signs, which never happened, but...
1: (laughs) 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 At least, goddammit, homeboy was trying. Well, he was, well, and how many people, uh, a couple years back when NASA said, hey, um... We're opening up our applicant pool for for astronauts. Send us send us your details if you want to be it. And like, yeah, tens, if not hundreds, of thousands of people sent in things to be like, I can be an astronaut. Um, and then eventually, of course, I like had to like siphon through all those. But yeah, if you're some dude in the eighteen hundreds, maybe you happen to see this pamphlet. Uh, don't have a lot of other life prospects going on. Sure, yeah, I'd like to meet the inside-the-earth uh, men with their thrifty vegetables. <laughs> well, you know who saw it, and I'm pretty sure was
0: influenced by this? A cat hmm. named Jules Verne, Josh, who you might remember oh, as, you know, like no. one of the fathers of modern science fiction. He this wrote A true? Journey to the Center of the Earth in 1864. Mind you, Symes wrote his deal in 1818. And y- Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jules Verne Jules Verne upheld the idea that the Earth was hollow, but he said that there are two suns in the core of the
1: Earth that rotate around each other. Which, again, I mean, if we can be if we can be kind of gracious with interpreting that, uh, yes, in the center of the Earth there is some really hot thing or some really hot <laughs> things that are kind of rotating around. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's not totally wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, love, uh, I just also
1: love. I just uh, also love, and immediately thought of the South Park episode uh, 1864, when the class goes to like the like historical reenactment town or whatever, and then it's also like a diehard knockoff, and then the like password to the safe is 1864. Anyway, sorry, sorry, not at all. Sorry, I was taking a drink. <coughs>
0: Ooh. I can feel like my throat leg like, just closing up on me here. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right, anyway, in 1913, a guy named Marshall Gardner stated in his book, A Journey to the Earth's Interior. Well, okay, he didn't state it. He wrote a book called A Journey to the Earth's Interior, and he went a step further, and he built a working model of the hollow earth and patented Whoa. that son of a bitch, Josh. And you can okay, look it up. It's patent number 1096102. And it holds, it's kind of compounding on Vern's theory of a son of the two sons in the middle. He said that there was a sun in the middle, like the the dead center of the earth.
1: Hmm, okay.
0: So we're kinda getting into the more modern age here, and like whereas I was more forgiving of like Kersher and stuff, now it's (laughs) just like, you all are idiots, you guys are dumb. Go go talk to your wife. You can make it work, you can work it out, you can get through this. The earth isn't hollow go play catch with your kids. <laughs> like, yeah. The sun you yeah. want isn't the center of the earth, it's your
1: boy. Like go find that sun. Sun with an o, not with a u. Like right. Well, and and, and yeah, if if it were yeah, the 17th century or the 18th century, like okay, yeah, you know, make makes sense, you don't. But yeah, once we get into this range, you don't have any excuses. Um yeah, it's time to like put your Creative and intellectual um, energies to like something else. Yeah,
0: yeah, just a touch. And then so following up, I, there's a, a few more here for like the science. Wink, wink, wink. In 1964, I'm glossing over a ton of shit. I got real picky oh, yeah. and choosy with this because there's so much dumb shit. But I like this one. A guy named Dr. Raymond Bernard claimed that UFOs came from the center, from inside the Earth. And I want you to remember this dude. He said that UFOs and aliens. There was like. Several different species of aliens that came from the inside of the Earth. And that's where UFOs are coming from. They're not aliens from outer space. They're, like, they're not extraterrestrials or, like, I guess you call them, like, what, Extraterrans or something?
1: Like. Uh, yeah. Intraterrans? Something yeah. like that? Intraterrestrials? Yeah. I think that makes sense. And, 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 and granted, that's Latin, so I don't. I don't know that quite as well. But yeah, I think intra-terrestrials. Anyway. There's there also a running theory that
0: a lot of cryptids come from inside the Hollow Earth. They come out where like there's gaps in there. there's like not gaps but like, you know, oh hey, there's this cave that opens up. Literally, Josh, it's the plot to Godzilla.
1: Um, yeah.
0: If you watch the yeah. new Godzilla and it talks about oh, how does he get from one end of the planet to the other? Oh, he goes through the Hollow Earth. It's it's literally that. <laughs> But I wanted to talk about Dr. Raymond Bernard for just a second, because in nineteen sixty seven at Malmstrom Bra- Malmstrom Base in Montana, a UFO came from underground and <gasps> pinged the and pinged the base and deactivated a ton of uh, Minuteman missiles.
1: Holy cow. So this UFO,
0: this what? this this light shoots up out of the ground, flies over the top of the missile pens and deactivates all of them. It it turned off all their targeting settings and put them into a quote-unquote no-go mode. What? Yeah. It's it's weird. Um I've found several cases of UFOs interfering with um nuclear weapons around the con- around the world. It's insane. And that's going to get its that'll probably get its own yeah, episode at some needs, point, but that like that needs its own episode. That's too yeah. much of like a, d- a diversion from what we're talking about today to like go into. Oh. Oh whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. See? see? see like shit's getting real real weird. That here. is not that is not just the martini talking there. That is Woo.
0: I also we're gonna take we're gonna take a brief pause, or not pause, but we're just gonna wave briefly at a thing called the the inner earth theory. And what it says is that Okay, the easiest way to explain this is you've played Halo, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So on Halo you're running around on the inside of the ring mm-hmm. the so this theory says that the earth is hollow we're on the underside of it and the Sun right. is in the very center of it and everything right. that we're seeing is in the middle of it and it's it's real fucking dumb and it doesn't make any fucking <laughs> sense but I watched a couple YouTube videos like today not 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 today but like they came out recently. And they're still trying oh, wow. to say, yes, the Earth is hollow and we're standing on the inside of it. And it's like, well, because, and, and, and again, well, and, like, uh,
1: yeah, go for it. What's up? Well, well, because if I understand, I think one of the claims that they make is, is, like, the force of gravity that we feel is the, like, centrifugal force of this globe spinning around, mm-hmm. right? And, like, that's that's what gives us our perception of gravity. But even, like... You like you like try to like so okay okay so I there's a there's another YouTube channel that I've watched for a long time um, and this guy does a bunch of really cool stuff about like space things and other things but his name is Scott Manley Um, and he I think a couple months back had a video on like artificial gravity in like space stations Mm -hmm. and the idea of like okay yeah if you rotate a space station or whatever at a certain RPM um, it, it can it can give a force that feels like gravity. Um, but but at the same time, he's like, but even that's limits. And so the Soviets, again, good old good old Soviets back in like the 70s, they built so so yeah, like the like G force tester thing for like for like fighter pilots where you sit in a thing and, and you spin around. Oh um, yeah. The, the the Soviets like full on built one of those that people lived in for like weeks. <laughs> Jesus and so like and so there was like a like a platform on top and the axis that it would spin on that was like the least rotating part so you'd have to like go down a ladder there and then you would slowly transition into like spinning gravity world um but like there's 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 video evidence of people living in there and like they like they're like throwing darts at a dartboard but because of the coriolis effect like the dart the, as soon as the guy um, as soon as the dart leaves the guy's hand it's just like veers 45 degrees off to the left oh stops. so like and it's super cool to look at but also pretty easily like refutes any idea that we're living on like l- like an inside earth and the sun is a glowing ball in the middle of this spe- yeah because clearly that's not that's not the world that, that we live in um, yeah no I, literally not I, the world that we live in <laughs> like yeah. Well, and and then also like some of these hypothetical, yeah, like mega structures in space. Like, yeah, how could we build like artificial worlds to live in? Things like ring planets or um, toy toy uh planets, which are essentially just like big donuts that you mm-hmm. live on the inside. Like, yeah, that's like how those operate. But that was like, yeah, that, that's clearly not where we are right now. Cle- clearly not. <laughs> no,
0: and like really, I can't tell if like this stuff is like maybe if you okay again. I was kind of making fun of like, hey, go go play catch with your son, go work it out with the wife, yeah. like
1: <laughs>
0: get out of your garage. Yeah, the planet Earth is not a Dyson sphere made by ancient aliens. It'd be really cool if it was. That'd be dope It'd as be shit. Really if cool. like yeah, it, it, and we're like the like final construct on it or whatever. But it's it, it's not that like. Yeah. These guys are dumb. These guys are, and I really, as willing as I was to believe, like Kersher was right. I'm like, you guys are all dumb, and like, there's one yeah, guy who's so like, talking about like, I if you you can see the concentric rings with oil, and I've put some tea leaves in here, and notice the rotation. The tea leaves are stationary, and as I <laughs> swirl it, the tea leaves don't. It's like it's like, Im- impenetrable bullshit, Josh. Impenetrable bullshit, yeah.
1: like. I, I think so so my question is like what's the cutoff what's like okay before this year um, you're like totally justified in like thinking and pursuing and wanting to uh, prove or discover hollow earth what, what what's like the like uh, year where it's like okay now it's 1818 18 or whatever we don't believe that anymore we got to stop that what what would be your like cutoff date well, so
0: we're gonna get into this when we do Hollow Earth Part Two in a week and a half, but okay, because one of the most famous believers in the Hollow Earth was a guy who you might have heard named Adolf Hitler. <gasps> dun dun. So just dumb. Bear that as you will. Okay. But I'm not. I don't want to give away too much of the, the of the plot <laughs> here yet. But for me, okay, my goodness. cutoff, like, me, Mark, if if I'm walking down the streets in Times Square in insert year, I'd say probably 1920 would be my cutoff for it. Okay. okay. Yeah, like, we've pretty much seen everything, there, or not seen, but we've pretty much found every continent. We have a better understanding of stuff, like, Tesla's come and gone, like, we're sort of getting into the idea of, like, Age of Discovery is, or like, Age of Exploration's ending, Age of Discovery is kind of now, yeah. so, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I was I I was gonna even go, yeah I I think yeah maybe like late eighteen hundreds, right at the turn of the century. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think I think that I think that sounds about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think well, and, World and War and also, One really kind of killed everybody's vibe, <laughs> like more than anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah, to uh, to to put it one way, yes. Well, and and also to your point that you raised right at the start, right? Um, once once people have stepped foot on Antarctica, um, it's like okay, I think that just about covers it. Yep. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, we talked last week. It's what it, it's huge,
0: and we still we ha- we haven't mapped all of it, and so I'm totally down to. What do you call that? Not willful ignorance, but childish hopefulness maybe like yeah. child childlike hopefulness you know like right yeah maybe yeah, why but... not wowzers look mm-hmm. there's the aliens oh look josh it's the vril the coming racer here neat like yeah
1: yeah right I, I i'm sure there's some like uh really freaky stuff that happens at the um nemo point like the farthest the, the, the point that's farthest away from any, like, land landmass that's in this weird spot in the Pacific Ocean. I'm, I'm sure some, like, weird stuff happens there. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. But anyway, I want your big takeaway for this is, as we're, we're going to kind of, like, shift gears here, but your big takeaway and listeners, your takeaway that I want you to take, Earth is effectively a big jawbreaker, and there's different layers to it, and some of those layers are hollow. And sometimes things can live in some of the hollower layers. And most of it has been disproved because of, like, you know, tectonics and seismographs. But what if they hadn't? Just what if they hadn't? Basic science disproves it, (laughs) but Josh, I don't want to dismiss it outright, because I don't think we can, at least from the pre-modern age. Sure. And so now we're going to shift into folklore. And this is where, man, this is really where... I don't I don't want to say I believe in it but like fuck I I can't disbelieve in it I suppose.
1: Yeah, it is that sort of like strange. Uh, yeah, like you, you almost put like m- more credence into it because these 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 groups didn't have like yeah, you know, like the the scientific method to like figure things out like yeah, I'll, I'll I'm I'm willing to give anyone at least to listen. Um, So, so yeah. Now we're going to take a look at some of the, like, I guess the
0: ideas in the ancient world of a hollow earth, and the overarching theory that I found is either that the inner earth is the end of life. When you die, your corporeal form goes into the earth, that's where your soul resides, so, like, think, like, hell, or, like, the underworld for the Greeks, Mm -hmm. or whatever, that's where it goes, Mm -hmm. or... It's the origin point for a ton of peoples, and as we are wont to do, we're just going to go ahead and start with right. the Greeks. And maybe yeah, you could even yeah, tag in here, I know I'm like, passing the baton to you on the fly a little bit, but like, the Greek underworld was literally the underworld. The river yeah, yeah, yeah. Styx, you, you were you were ferried down Styx by Sharon, and
1: you went to the underworld, right? Like... Yeah. Well, and and then there were even like several So like yeah there was like um, Oh and I forget all their names Specifically but like there's the mm-hmm. Elysian Fields Which is like I, I guess Yeah to like call it heaven Like really uh, Is like Yeah mis, Misapplied um, it, Yeah it's really not appropriate to, to call the Elysian Fields heaven but that's kind of what you think Of like the weather's nice there. There's always fruit and wine. Um, if, if you live a good life, that's where you end up. And then there's like, yeah, the other places like Tartarus, um, where if you... Yeah, we're, we're terrible and horrible, uh, and you get what's coming to you. That's where you find your Sisyphus. That's where you find your Tantalus. Um, and even... So, like, this always kind of blew my mind, too. Once I, once I kind of, like figured this out so 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 like yeah um the place and the God who ruled over it were both called Hades right mm-hmm. and then you may have also heard that oh well well the Roman equivalent of Hades was Pluto um but even Hades has that name in Greek Pluto um which means like like wealth like the wealthy one because the idea being like oh you're Like, inside the Earth, that's where all the, like, gems and gold and silver are. That's where Hades' kingdom is. He's the wealthy one. He's Pluto. Okay. So, like, Pluto is itself a Greek word, but it it is, too. Like, in plutocracy, that's, like, you know, the idea of, like, oh, the wealthy people rule, um, have power. Uh, uh, so, So, yeah, that is, yeah, that's also very much like, oh, yeah, there's space down under the Earth where... Souls live or um, the gods live, the the chthonic, the like earthly spirits and demons and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we've got the Greeks with that. Um, the Thracians and the Dacians, they had a god named Zalmoxis.
1: Have you heard of this dude? Because I didn't know about this guy until no. literally getting into this. That's all. So, well, and also, if um, memory kind of serves sort of like, yeah, like Thrace and Dacia, those were like north. It's like north kind of Balkan area. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's like north, But but no, I have not heard about this dude. Tell me more.
0: So, Zalmoxis was a god of life and death. He was the chief god of their pantheon. So, and this is where it gets a little bit weird because I was talking about the Thracians, but like specifically the tribe, the, the Gedi. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the Gedi
0: and the Dacians, they worshipped him. And they believed that his followers achieved immortality. And when you died, you were buried. And then when you were buried, Zalmoxis would take your body and pull it down into the earth, and you would just live forever inside the earth with Zalmoxis.
1: That's so badass. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Um, And he lived inside old caves, but, like, the ritual for Zalmoxis is so fucking gross, Josh. This is one of the worst things I've ever heard. Uh Uh Uh-oh. So, every year, they uh, get a couple spikes, and they stick him to the ground, they take their sacrifice, and he's alive. And literally, you're either damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And I want to shout out specifically those Conspiracy Guys podcasts, because this is where I heard about this. But they take you, and they throw you up on top of the spikes. And if you die, then it is a good sacrifice to Zalmoxis. And everything is good, and he will be a happy god. But if you don't die, it's your fault. You failed Zalmoxis. So not only do you not get to live forever, you have to die on these fucking spikes and bleed out. With the knowledge oh, that you don't God. get to live forever.
1: <laughs> that is, that's super, that's like something George R. R. Martin would like. It like, I'm, I'm sure that's like a plot point in Winds of Winter right now. <laughs> that's so hardcore. That's awesome. I, I also think it's super, I think it's super fascinating that like, they're like, uh, yeah, like Chief God too. because like, it's so many other places the Chief God is like the sky or the sun, right? Like, like... Yeah, like Zeus and Jupiter, they 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 both literally mean like sky daddy. Yeah, like like, like that's what that means. But then but but these guys, their chief, their yeah their chief deity, lives in caves and is underground. That's so interesting. That's awesome.
0: I was also kind of intrigued by the idea of like that that immortality deal because like, mm-hmm. you you have to die to reach immortality, and it's kind of like that Christian ideal of once you die, then you get to live in heaven with God for forever. But right. then also, like, if if I'm not being too reductive with Christianity and not to hate on Christians or anything, but, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you and I do. When we die, we will live forever, but it'll either be up in heaven with God or down in hell with yeah. Satan. Like, but we're going to live forever yeah.
1: either, either way, and I think that's kind of interesting. That is. I guess I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, like, mm. either yeah, way. It is. Yeah, it, it is like eternal existence. It's just if you're... Upstairs or downstairs, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, really. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, after Gilgamesh's buddy mm. and Kidu, we need to do an Epic of Gilgamesh episode. Like, Hell yeah. We need yeah, to we read do, it, bud. or we need to watch it, or some shit. But, like, I feel like I've touched on Gilgamesh, like, a lot in the last couple episodes, and I can't think of specific right. yeah. details, but we're hitting on no, a he's lot. definitely but, come up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But so after his buddy and Kidu dies, He goes on a quest to find uh, immortality from this guy named Utnapishtim. And he's the only mortal ever to ever actually gain immortality. And to do this, Gilgamesh has to pass underneath the tunnels of Mount Mashu. The gates of Mount Mashu Mm. are guarded by gigantic scorpion dragon hybrid men. Which, number one, is cool anyway. But also, like. So, some of the stuff that I found. One of the big proponents of hollow earth theory is that it, it, it's Christians believing that the earth is hollow and they get the idea of this from um, from parts of the Bible. The biggest one is Revelation. And it talks about from inside mm. the hollow earth, inside the bottomless pit come locusts with scorpions' tails and humans' faces. <gasps> and it's a weird corollary. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's nothing. And I might be making something that isn't there into something that wasn't there to begin with. But once again, you have, like, the scorpion-type people living inside the hollow earth. Right. Maybe. Just maybe. But so as Gilgamesh passes underneath Mount Mashu, he f- comes out—he comes underneath—how do you do this? At, inside of the—inside of this passage, at the end of this passage, inside of the earth, he finds a thing called the Garden of the Gods. And kind of like what you were talking about with, um, with like, Pluto and all the riches inside the earth— Inside this Garden of the Gods, it is a paradise where the trees, instead of growing fruit, they just grow giant
1: jewels. Dang. That's sweet. That's sweet.
0: Yeah, it's kind of fun. Guarded by scorpion dragon people, and yeah,
1: what's up? And also, just of a kind of particular note for us Colorado folks, uh, Garden of the Gods has another kind of special relevance. I don't know if you were going (laughs) to have a moment to, to talk about that. But but Mark, what, what are the Garden of the Gods, at least in, like, Colorado context? Boring-ass sandstone that people think is pretty.
0: <laughs> Once again, <laughs> listeners, I hate sandstone. It's a boring rock. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so, like, outside or near Colorado Springs, there's these kind of geological features. And sure, yes, they're maybe not as neat as some other geological... Um, formations, but but also I guess kind of worth mentioning here.
0: Well, so sidebar on that um, the one cool thing I do know about Garden of the Gods is that it's something called the Morrison uh, Formation, and do you know why it's called the Morrison Formation, Josh? I uh, no. Because they found, it's originate so when they first found the this Morrison Formation, they found it up in Morrison, Colorado by Red Rocks.
1: Oh, dude. So Red Rocks Amphitheater
0: uh-huh. is the same type of stone as in the Garden of the Gods and that's that's pretty goddamn cool if nothing else
1: which that's um it's uh, like 100 would miles you say maybe like 100 yeah i was yeah. going to say 100 miles or so well cuz cuz what when you said morrison yeah for a hot minute i was like oh wait the place where i got my one and only traffic ticket going to a concert at Red rocks. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Listeners, if you're in Colorado, go check out Garden
0: of the Gods. It's a free park. You can drive through it. I took my senior pictures in high school there. It's pretty cool. It's all right. Oh, yeah. I am unduly yeah, mean to right. sandstone. I don't mean to be. I just. There's so
1: much cooler it, stuff yeah, out there, it, well,
0: and we get so hung up on it. Like, Columner. Ba- man, I'm yeah. a slut for Columner basalt. Giants Causeway all the way. Like.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, the, uh, Ang... Wow, sorry, how do you do this? I can't even say the name, Josh, sorry. Angamar Naga tribe of India, they believe that their ancestors came from tunnels deep inside of the earth, and I want to say it was way, way back, we're talking about mermaids, and we're talking about the Athenians, and you, you said they were autochthonic, right?
1: Yeah, right, yeah, they were, they were very much of the idea that, like, they were sprung... From the ground, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like other, uh, yeah, other P- uh, other Greeks, other poles who immigrated from someplace. No, like the uh, uh, Athenians were like, No, we we are we are from the earth. Where and that's and there's all sorts of legends that kind of um, attest to that. But then again, like um, even like uh, in like Thebes, there's a legend of uh, uh, Cadmus like planted dragons. No, what was it? No, yeah. Cadmus, like, planted dragon's teeth in the ground. And then, like, people grew out of that. Yeah. Um, even like, And they were called the Spartoi, because, like, that means, like, yeah, like, oh, what is, what is yeah, like like, like, like sown, S-O-W-N, to, like, sow seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, so so th- there were other places, but, yeah, those Athenian types were like, no, nah, whatever, dude, we're, we're, we're autocatonic <laughs> well but that's what I thought about as I was doing this was
0: like are they did they come from okay so like Christian creation like God breathed sure. life onto the dust of man or like man was made yeah. out of dust so like I guess yeah. original man so I, is I guess sort of is, like yeah. in a sense autocatonic but like or is it like these people were coming up out
1: of like, Right, 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 right. Yeah, there's a difference coming, like, from the ground co- as opposed to, like, coming underground? Yeah. Or from under the ground? I, I don't Maybe know. That hung in stuff. my head as I was
0: doing this, but... Yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, the, um, yeah, the Angmar Naga tribes in India, they said that their ancestors came from tunnels that are deep underneath the earth. Like, they migrated out of these tunnels from inside the earth up and out. That's so badass. That's badass. It's badass. It's so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> and also throw a rock, dude, and, like, you will hit a, a group of people that believe that they came from out or from inside out of the earth. Like, they they just came from a cave. There There's this cave, and out of this cave was the genesis of their people, and that's why they're here now. Ah,
1: that's awesome. That's so goddamn cool. Yeah.
0: Um time to get nerdy for just a touch and really I should give this mm-hmm. more credit and time than I am but I'm not gonna have you seen hellboy 2 because this next bit is from Irish mythology oh. a deal called the Tuatha de Danin, and I hope I'm saying that right and I know I'm not but sorry Irish listeners uh Tuatha de Danin is the home of the ancient gods of the Irish they lived under the ground they th- these gods lived in the under like literally in the underworld and cave networks and systems connected them to the upper earth and stuff, and this is and they believe that when they die, they join the Tuatha De Danann beneath the earth. And if you've seen Hellboy two, literally the plot of Hellboy two is about this. Like we're going underground. Yeah. yeah, it's the underground elves, the elf living in the subway tunnels in New York. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. The it's it's been forever since I've seen Hellboy two, uh, but but also the the Mrs. Wizard. She's a real big audiobook fan, and um, particularly of the genres that are yeah sort of, sort of like mixed fantasy like oh I'm a I'm a private eye but I'm also a witch, and my partner in, uh, is a vampire and we have a private eye detection agency with a with a with a pixie like 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 that kind of stuff and they're silly and dumb and you don't have to think about them too much. Uh, but the really good one what is it it's the um i think it's called the iron druid series okay and yeah like the main and like the main character is this like irish druid who's lived for hundreds of years and i want to say a lot of those plots a lot of those narratives yeah feature like okay here's the here's the fae like the fairy folk being weird so we got to like go talk to the fairy queen and um the, uh, a twi- what was it called again? Twatha de Yeah. So, like, that name totally rings a bell for me because these iron... I'm pretty sure it's the Iron Druid books, which are pretty good. I would recommend them. Well, there's also
0: um, um, Tirnanog, and that's, like, the, like,
1: underground realm of the fairies, ooh, too. Maybe that's also what I'm thinking of because I think that's come up, too. There's there's also the Dresden files mm-hmm. Harry Dresden those are good books too anyway but yeah so even that like even in yeah in uh, uh, Irish kind of folklore too there's the idea of like yeah underground that's where that's where the gods and the and the fairies and the um, y- yeah those those types hang out
0: yeah and and like I said I really we, we should just do Irish mythology. For, we should do, like, a series Hell on it. yeah. Because that shit is so deep and rich and cool, but, again, your big takeaway is there is a race that lives beneath the earth that is more than you and I are as human men. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that, too. I like the idea, like, yeah, the Greeks had their gods upon Olympus, but I kind of like the idea that the, the more ascended
1: people live underground. It is... It, it is... It is just super fascinating, and like one of the reasons why I just I, I I yes I I am focusing my studies on specifically like the Greeks and all that, but I man like if I could be like a like a comparative folklore type uh, and just like read all these different stories from like yeah different cultures all across the world like that's so interesting it's super super cool to like study and think about. Okay, here's a group of people living in this area. How did they perceive the world? How did they put things together? And uh yeah, if that meant that your deities lived underground, that's ah, that's sweet. That's so cool. Yeah, and
0: I and w- w- we might touch on this a little bit later cuz I don't want to get too hippy dippy with it, but like there's a weird shift in human consciousness and I and I am just going to come out mm-hmm. and blame the Christians for it and like uh, and i don't know what the movement is called now but it's like you go outside you take off your shoes and you walk around barefoot just touch you know solid earth yeah and it like
1: literally touch grass yeah
0: touch grass touch ground like walk around barefoot and like just feel it and people swear by it and it invigorates you and maybe if i didn't live in a place that
1: was averaging negative 20 all the time but <laughs>
0: i would yeah. do that right now yeah it, but
1: yeah. yeah it's 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 one thing to, like, have that approach or that perspective. Yeah, if you're in, like, a balmy Mediterranean or tropical climate, yeah, of course, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, if you're in, uh, yeah, the, like, tallest, uh, the the highest alpine desert in the world, it's, it's a little trickier to do that, yeah. But even when I was a kid, or not a kid, but, like, when I was
0: a teenager when we lived on the eastern plains, man, I was barefoot. Like, as soon as I got home, my shoes were off and, like, I just go chore oh, yeah, and barefoot, and now that I think about it, probably wildly a terrible idea what with all the chickens and ducks we had, and, like, hello, hookworms, get in my feet, but I never got hookworms, <laughs> but, like, I was barefoot right. all the time, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't right. until, like, what? midway through college I was like, oh, I, I have to wear shoes, oh, that that sucks, and now I have, like, and, dainty, supple pads <laughs> in my, like, yeah, right my manly barbarian feet are gone. But yeah, like,
1: yeah. Well, and, and uh, at the risk as, as I often am of like getting too philosophical or too like um, abstract and all this, th- there is also that idea of you, you, like, yeah, like man is, man is the only creature whose like head is in the clouds, but his feet are in the mud. Ooh. And I think that's a lot of it too, is it's like, Yes, we look upwards and we see things like the planets and the stars and the sun and the moon. And like our aspirations are that direction. But we are also very clearly grounded. Like we're all we're always touching the earth. Yeah. Unless you're one of the like six people on the International Space Station. And even then, that was only until, uh, yeah, like one generation ago. Um, so I think there is. I think there is a weird and maybe that's part of the desire to like suppose that the earth is hollow like it's super easy to look out on the horizon and be like oh I can sail across that ocean or look up into the sky and be like oh okay there's the mountain off in in the distance I can go climb that but there's not you're just physically not as able to do that with the earth but yet it's something that's so vital to your existence that's where you get your food that's where you build your house that's where you walk around and so i think that's maybe part of it too why there's this fascination of like well what's underneath all that is there something else underneath all that yeah
0: well and it, what, i need another a, i can't think of the name but i i don't know the name of like the syndrome but like don't astronauts like especially early astronauts get that yes. really bad like solipsism and it's like no
1: i'm the only living being in earth and nothing else below me is there anymore and like yeah it's it's something like that it's like that idea and and I think somebody's put a label to it I can't I, I can't think of the name the of it of but head. like once you like
0: get but, off of the earth and then your like head kind of cracks because really I don't think we're smart enough to handle the idea of like the grand scope of creation or whatever you want to call right, it but like, no, totally uh-huh. once yeah, you totally. get 100%. off of the planet and look at the planet and like because I've been in a plane and flown over the Great Lakes and gone huh well fuck me, that's what it is. Okay, cool. I'm better than everybody else, like. Not better, <laughs> yeah. but like No, but truly. Yeah, like me in this yeah. like metal sky carriage, I'm stronger than I'm I'm more than anything below me. Those are not but ants and I am up here in my southwestern
1: flight like. <laughs> but but it, it is that idea of like uh yeah, how many generations and thousands of years of like are like uh primate brains Evolving and understanding the world uh, five feet from the ground, six feet from the ground, maybe. And then, yeah, then you strap that same uh, primate into a rocket or into an airplane. And, yeah, it, it, it absolutely throws off your sense of perception and understanding. And, um, yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, back to
0: Irish. Um. um... With the Twath uh, uh, Dudanen, um, we buried people inside of our homes. We didn't, but they did. Um, You know why it's called a family room, Josh? Fun sidebar. Why is that? Because that's where you bury grandma and grandpa when they died.
1: <laughs> well, because I know, like, like, the Irish wake is a thing. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, like, I almost wish that would come back instead of this, like, weirdly, like, sealed off and sterile oh no like grandma died and so we're gonna go to the funeral home and that's where she's gonna be and then we're gonna be over here detached and separate like no fuck yeah like I would totally if someone near and dear to me died I'd want to like have one last party with them and like Hell yeah. be like oh yeah there's there's granddad um, let me go like get a, get a tobacco pipe going uh, so so we, we we could have one more yeah like one more kind of round together one more time yeah that make that that makes just as much sense to me as anything else.
0: Um, sorry, but my point for that was um, y- you you commune or you don't commune when you die, Josh. When you die, we we bury you in our in our family room under the earth because you know we live in our bog huts or whatever. And I'm not I'm not being mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being like straight with sure, you. Like right. we bury you. Mm-hmm. And then your spirit goes underground and joins to and joins with the Twelfth Donin, And that's, that's where you go. And, like, that's mm-hmm. why we did it. And that's why you call it a family room. And eventually you, like, <laughs> get this weird giant kind of, like, not mass grave, but a giant, like, you know, family mm-hmm. burial cairn around a home. And it's kind of a neat idea. But you're going. Man. Your spirit is going under the ground to go be in with the gods. And that's pretty goddamn cool, I think. I don't know, like... That's super, yeah, that's super goddamn cool. So after that, um, we're going to go to Cuba. Cuba. Why do I say I like a dickhead? Oh, yeah. We're going to Cuba. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, a people called the uh, Taino Indians. They believe. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of these guys? Because I, again. These guys are super cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, their creation myth says that humans came from a, a cave that I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'm going to butcher it and I didn't write it legibly at all. Um, but um humans came from a cave and this cave sat adjacent to two other caves um that held the serpents and the gods, and they came out of the caves. That's where humans came from, or specifically these people came from. They came from up out of the caves, and that's where that's where we are now. Like we walked out mm-hmm. of the caves and onto, you know, dry land, whatever you want to call it, and haha, here we are now, the Taino people. Yeah. yeah. And then again, with more island natives, the again, I cannot read my own writing and I'm sorry. the Trobadan island natives, so this is South Pacific. And so mm. these guys are cool. With the Taino, they believed the first thing that ever came out of the caves was the totem of iguana. And with the Trobadon island natives, their first ancestors came out of a, a, a giant cavern called Oh okay, sorry. Obu Kula and the okay. first one that came out was also the totem of iguana. So you have two races of people. Dang. Literally Literally like if you dug from like where right, Cuba yeah, is like to where these sides. guys are, like if you bugs bunnyed this shit Whoa. and dug through the center of the earth, you'd come out on the other end if you did it kind of right, but not sort of. Mm-hmm. Two races of people that say the first ones out were the iguana. Which is insane to me. That's
1: that's but, so cool. I love that Yeah, so much.
0: So, But, like, you can go visit this hole, or you can go visit this cave on their island, and the it's next to a, a place called – I want to say it's called it's, – it sounds like Labia, but it's not Labia, and I can't think of the name because I didn't <laughs> write it down. It's not Labia. I <laughs> it's, it's, swear to God they didn't come out of great. Labia. No, 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 sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's neat. So they came out but, of the cave, and there was four different totem animals that came out with them. So the first was iguana. The second was dog. Then there was pig. And with pig, that's when humans came out. They came out with pigs. Humans and pigs walked out together. And that's kind of weird. And, like, the idea that, like, anatomically pigs and humans are the closest animal. Right. Like, you study pig cadavers to understand, like, how human anatomy works. But also if you eat people, they call you long pig because that's what we taste like. We taste like pork. Mm -hmm. And then finally Mm -hmm. crocodile. But these four totems are mm. what represented like the four original clans on these islands. That's, that's pretty goddamn cool. Like That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that you is. so you have the four creatures plus man coming out of caves, and that's what is life on the Toberdan Islands. Um and we we're talking earlier before about like, well, what if we noped back into the ground and Josh there is a Samoyed legend from Russians or Samoyed people in Russia. And they have a legend about their ancestors just went back living underground because earth was so shitty to live on.
1: (laughs) That's too funny. Oh my God. Well, okay. So also, and I know this is also in a way cycling back to our, um, two hobbits underground houses, uh, episode. um, but, like, a lot of, like, strangely, like, opposite, but yet a, a, a lot of plans about, like, long-term human habitation um, on places like the moon and places like Mars include things like, okay, let's just, like, pile a bunch of regolith on top of these shelters or let's find some lava tubes um, and let's live under there. So, I it does, it does seem to be like a strange kind of, again, sort of primordial or, uh, hey, what's a good place to, like, live in this new region? Well, shit, let's find a cave or let's make a cave. Let's, like, yeah, let's, like, bury ourselves in moon dust. Um, yeah. And just, man. <laughs> but I also just like that idea of, like, yeah, this indigenous, uh, these indigenous people up in Russia somewhere coming, yeah, like, popping out in Siberia or someplace, be like, "Oh shit, this is awful, and then they just go back, <laughs> they just go back, underneath. fuck it, let's go back in. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, like, literally dipping a toe in the waters of creation, like, nah, fuck that, we're going back down. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like, um, it's it's crazy, dude, there's so much of this shit. Um, the Incans, mm-hmm believe that most of so like their forebearers came out of came out from under the ground but like um you know the stories of like cusco or like Woman and like uh, these stones that weigh millions and millions of tons placed together with such precision that a razor blade cannot fit through they right. how did they place them so like the Incans have this belief in in dwarves, and it's not dwarves like you and I would know them, but it's literally a race of subterranean people that helped them build these megalithic structures. That's and these oh, dwarves so lived under the earth, and it's fucking insane. It's not insane. It's so cool. Like, yeah, we've damn. talked before the the Hulda folk of Iceland. They live under the mm-hmm. ground in their hills. Like, and like yeah. this is all like not so much Hollow Earth, but like. Living in the crust and shit, but like, so now getting into mm-hmm. more hollow earthiness because I gotta like rein myself in. I'm getting kind of horned up, and I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, no. Well, 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 As
1: as we're doing that too, just just because I don't want to uh, finalize my status as like a 1950s housewife. This 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 martini was great, but just to kind of like help help me land the plane here. <laughs> um, gonna 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 finish off with a Corona. We we had some we made. Enchiladas for dinner a couple nights back, and uh, I, I think that's a nice again, just like a nice sort of way to, to So so if, if if you hear me popping my top here, that's what that's what that is. Fantastic. I, unfortunately, don't have martini in a can uh, patented just yet, but that's
0: okay. We don't need to can some things. It's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. Oh, okay, but okay, so. So, so now, like actual denizens of the Hollow Earth, not just like caves or the ground or whatever.
0: Well, so laid just on me. getting into even weirder stuff here, and now we're gonna get Josh. Not the first time in two wizards' history, but we're now we're gonna get. We don't touch enough as two wizards. You and I are oddly not magical at all in our research and shit. Sure, right. But so we're gonna touch on something called Agartha and Shambhala. Oh, if you've played, um, the, oh, yes. what the hell is the name of that shitty game that I can't think, it's not shitty, Drake, Drake, whatever it is, I can't think of the name now. Oh, offhand. um, uh, uh, Uncharted? Uncharted, there we go. One Uncharted. of the, like, major plot go. points is finding the Shambhala Stone. And nice. so the idea is this, it's taken from a Buddhist tradition, uh, there's a great city underground called Agartha found at the center of the earth, it is said to be paradise, and it is usually misrepresented to, it is usually either misrepresented or misidentified or sometimes like correctly identified, but still like correlated alongside the Buddhist tradition of Shambhala. And basically it's this great city in the middle of the earth, but there's also demons living inside of it named the Asar. Uh, Ashar, As, I can't say it right. Ashura, I want to say Azura as oh, in like yeah. Azura's mm-hmm. star from the, from like Skyrim and stuff, but that's, that's not it. Right, right. But yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. And you might know about this and you might not know about this, but like the premiere, not premier man, but so there's an idea, uh, there's a magical idea called theosophy written in a book called the secret doctrine by a woman named, uh, Helena Petrovna Blavatsky. I am looking at her grim Russian face right now. (laughs) And you want to talk about impenetrable bullshit because I've read, I've read the secret (laughs) doctrine like three times and I still don't fucking know what it's about. (laughs) But she was sort of the inspiration for like, how do you do it? She's like the Silmarillion for the Nazi party, but she's not a Nazi. We need to clarify this, but she talks about, so she in her youth traveled to Tibet to a race of mystics called the great white lodge and that's where they gave her all of this information and basically in the center of shambhala there is a thing called the shambhala stone and you gain immortality from this shambhala stone and shambhala is all that is good in life it is all that you could hope for and want and once again everything great comes from the center of the earth
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right it's insane and like I said a little bit earlier on, without giving too much of the plot away, Hitler read this and was like, "Ah, oh, this is what is fucking up, y'all. Yeah.
1: This is my jam. Oof, I love it. Himmler, pump the bass, like."
0: <laughs> but she allegedly, allegedly went up to Tibet, and I and I have nothing to disprove her. Like this woman was rich; she was kind of spoiled. And I think her parents just wanted to get rid of her way back when, so she just traveled around the world. And um, she wrote her book, The Secret Doctrine, and it's kind of like the great compendium of occultism. And it talks about the different root races of men, and one of those root races is is the Aryans. And Hitler read this and took it to be the Aryans. is like, yeah, that's what we are, and it's not that he grossly misinterpreted it. This is not now, nor will it ever be a Hitler podcast, but... Just tapping on it, because, like, once again, you have a superior race of people living inside of the Earth. And Mm -hmm. this is where we're getting it from. And, again, we're going to get more into this in two weeks' time when we talk about, you know, Hollow Earth 2.0. But that's kind of like me rounding it out. But finally, we're going to end here in America, the only nation that ever really matters. And I always (laughs) love ending in America, because, hey, America, fuck yeah. (laughs) Starting with the Iroquois Nation. Um, They Mm. believe that their people came from inside the Hollow Earth. Like, specifically, the Iroquois people, they came up out of the Hollow Earth on the back of Great Turtle. Like, that's what they did. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The Mandan tribes believe that their people came from a cave in the northern end of the Missouri River. There was a great cave Mm. down there, and they just one day walked out of it. And I want to tap briefly on a thing called the Mammoth Cave System in Arkansas... And uh, it's the largest oh, cave yeah. system in America, and it spans yeah. 213 kilometers, Josh. Duh. And if that doesn't really cook your noodle to steal a line from the Oracle in the Matrix, and I gotta <laughs> find this, sorry. God damn it, Wikipedia, you're being a bitch again. Um, <laughs> so, like, I was trying to find, like, any kind of size comparison or whatever. So, um, Mammoth Cave is 200 and whatever I said, 13 feet, uh, 213 kilometers. Um, so, oh, like, the total area of the Bronx is only 150 square kilometers. So, like, consider that, Josh. Like,
1: yeah. and this I is just, just one I mean, cave
0: system, like, in the region. And not the same region, but, like, one cave system is that fucking big. Yeah. It could literally house one of the biggest boroughs in New York State, like or New York City.
1: I I mean, I just because it does it it just and how long would that take like a proper geological and even archaeological or paleontological paleontontological right yeah like it would take them like years to be able to explore It still hasn't big. been totally
0: mapped like and that's right. not and, and that's so... not just
1: the biggest one but it's like
0: these are like There are colossal cave systems. Like, listeners, go check out
1: our Hobbit or Two Hobbits episode of caves. Like, yeah, we we just talked about that, and and I mean it just with 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 also going back to these pre scientific or quasi scientific um, accounts at the beginning. Like, clearly, there's something there. Yeah, like there's all the pieces. Maybe they're not completely fitting together. Maybe there's, like, some obvious gaps in how these things fit together. But, yeah, the idea that... And even just to be even more uh, reductive or simplistic about it, right? It's like cavemen. Cavemen. All these places in, like, continental Europe where we find cave paintings and things. And, and perhaps we'll also... Um, if we're dropping uh suggestion cards for episode topics into the little box here. Here's another one. We can we can go into like hominids other than uh Homo sapiens and like cavemen and stuff. But like there there there, there evidently is a a a long tradition of human tribes, human cultures, human societies emanating out from caves. Mm-hmm. And so then yeah, of, of course, if some dude trying to make sense of the Bible uh, in the 1600s is like, oh shit, maybe the Earth's hollow. Like, well, yeah, because like people came from there, <laughs> like like before we kind of realized all this stuff. Like, yeah, that's where that 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 is our origin, and maybe there's still some things down there. Probably probably not like hominids, but yeah, like. It's, it's, it is a thing, but it's not a thing, but it is, it is, but, but it's also not. not, but what yeah. if it was? And
0: so but what if it were? Yeah. So Josh, you, without knowing it, you perfectly segue, segued into my final little section here. Oh, awesome. What if you and I
1: wanted to get into the hollow earth? What if we did? What if we did? We're, we're, we're tired of this. 2022 is kind of gotten off to a disappointing start. We're over it. We want to. Okay, yeah. We, we, we want to get into Hollow Earth. That's where we want to set up. Take us away. So number one,
0: the Hopi people of the American Southwest, they believe that there is an entrance to the Hollow Earth in the Grand Canyon called Sipapu. All right. So All right, number one, first thing out of the gate, you got Sipapu. Yep. But mm-hmm. there's more than that too, buddy. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit, or we touched on it just a touch. The Greeks had several portals into the Hollow Earth.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: They have one in um Ty- on Mount Tyron in Lyconia, which I believe is where you would put Sparta, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's the sort of region surrounding area. I've been playing the shit out of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so, like, this little <laughs> bit, I was like,
1: I know where all these are. Ha, 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 ha. It's so weird. No, so, like... My understanding of geography is, yeah, like 85% video games. When I was playing uh, European Truck Simulator 2, I was like, oh, yeah, that's where, like, all these cities in Germany are. Or, uh, um, yeah, and and things like Assassin's Creed Odyssey or, like, other, um, yeah, like, kind of, yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that.
0: (laughs) There is apparently a portal in um, uh, Trozen. Troizen, I don't know how you say it. Yeah, Troizen. Troizen in Arglis?
1: Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's uh, like southwest of Athens, across the Saronic Gulf. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not quite as far as yeah, like Argos or um, Mycenae. It's like a little bit east of that, but yeah, yeah, Troizen.
0: Uh, there's one in Ephia in Thesproita. As I butcher these man, I am butchering I am, my motherland's names uh, in, I have no
1: idea where that one is. <laughs> I don't either.
0: Uh, I, I even Google I Google Earthed all these and maybe I'll throw that up on the Twitter oh, yeah but like I Google mm-hmm. Earthed all these like entrance points and it's kind of weird because I make like these gigantic just like triangles of points. Um, yeah, right in Pontos in Heraclea, not Heraklion, but Heraclea, there's one and finally mm-hmm. there's one in Armenian. Okay, okay. There is a super famous one in Ireland called St. Patrick's Purgatory, located on Station Island in Loch Derg, where people up until 1632 would take pilgrimages, go into this weird little tiny, like, six-foot high... I think it's a lava tube. It sounds like a lava tube, but they've closed it off and you can't get into it now. But you would go there and you would get wicked high on plants, trip balls, and get sick. And so... So, like, ayahuasca. You take ayahuasca, and part of Mm -hmm. ayahuasca is you get sick and you throw up. And if you remember, like, your Roman festivals and shit, they had a purgatorium where you eat too much and you go, like, throw up and shit yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. where we get one of our words for purgatory. So, literally, St. Patrick's purgatory, you trip fucking nuts in in this cave, (laughs) and then you see shit and understand this shit. But... (laughs) <laughs> Continuing our like two wizards theme of we can go here, you can still take a pilgrimage there. Okay, you, you just can't go into the. We can't go into the, like the tubes, and I think you can't yeah, go in because. Hmm. Why not, Josh? Wink,
1: wink, wink. Because I, I mean, sure, I'm 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 taller than six foot, but I can like crouch down. I can make that work. Well, we
0: can't go fucking visit the Twelfth of yet. We're not ready. <laughs> true.
1: This is also true. <laughs>
0: Also, listeners, put it on your Two Wizards bingo card of Mark founds more shit than he should have for an episode. <laughs> 29 miles north of Prague, there's a thing called Huska Castle. It was built dirt between 1253 and 1278 A.D. Um, it's built high in the mountainside, surrounded by thick forests and swamps. It has literally no strategic value, no source of fresh water, no fortifications, (laughs) no kitchens, and all the windows on it are fake. (laughs) But what it does have, or what it does do, or have, or whatever you want to call it, is it's said to plug up a hole into the hollow earth, where according to (laughs) legend, every night demons would come out and sack the countrysides. (laughs) During its construction, prisoners would be lowered over this bottomless pit into the bottom to kind of figure out what the fuck was going on down there. And either they would come out insane or not at all. This is amazing. Leave it to the checks, man. This is awesome. Yeah, that one was batshit insane. Like, there's this beautiful, like, inside of it on top of, like, where this hole is said to be. There's this beautiful cathedral with some of the earliest frescoes in like European history.
1: Oh my god.
0: And all it says but what if, is but
1: what if they're right? It allegedly if, like, this
0: spot is the most one of the most
1: haunted castles in all of Europe. What if like yeah, some American hipsters uh on yeah, you know, like a European walking tour like yeah, whatever. I don't believe in that and they start taking some bricks out. And they and they open this up again, oh my god! <laughs> That's a that okay. Uh, here's another bingo card. Mark and Josh talk about a, a straight to Netflix uh, limited run series. <laughs> the horrors of Huska Castle. The horrors of Huska Castle.
0: <laughs> and then finally, rounding out. In Mount Shasta, California, there is said to be a chamber to the hollow earth mentioned by the local indigenous people as a cavern which held an underground civilization of ant people. Of, of what people? Ant. A-N-T. Ant. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's where, like, I was kind of like, aliens come from inside the fucking earth, Josh. Like...
1: Well, we, we already talked about the, like, scorpion. The, like, weird scorpion people. Now there's ant people. I also got to say, for, like... Going through an entire episode uh, on Hollow Earth... And maybe this is what we're coming back to in part two... That neither you or nor I... Mentioned, like, lizard people or mole men. But... I... Yeah, um, ant ant people, scorpion people. That 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 makes sense. That makes sense too. That's part of it, man. That's just part of it. Like, yeah, there's an entire
0: civilization of ant men that live underneath uh, the the mountains of Shasta, California. Um, inside of Mount Shasta, there are allegedly uh, giant skeletons. I'm fine. This is like, I've talked. I think I've talked before. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but Josh, I know you and I have talked before. Like. My, like, doctoral thesis project is about how we wiped out a race of giants in North America. We're yes, not just North America, like, us as humans, homo sapiens, wiped out a race mm-hmm. of giants. And, fuck, I think this might be, like, the terminus of it. But there is, uh, yeah, one, there is one more section of Hollow Earth, or one more part where you and I can get into. And it's at the North and South Pole. But that's where we're going to stop tonight. We're going to pick this back okay. up in two okay. weeks' time after I finish, and we're going to pick it up with the entrance to the Hollow Earth at the South Pole, and maybe that's where all the Nazis went post-World War II. And we're going to pick it up with and why, Admiral uh, yeah, Byrd and, and Operation High Jump, and are there Nazis yes. on the South
1: Pole, and yeah. And Hollow Earth, Josh, what do you think, buddy? I mean, I, I'm fully of a mind that there are enormous cave systems and probably deep in our like subconscious we have memories of like our ancestors coming out of caves and things like that Uh, as far as like full-on concentric spheres or spheroids uh, spinning in different directions um, uh, sending out luminous gases Probably less, less convinced of that. Um, I will say too, uh, I've 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 been kind of getting into this series recently. Um, there's there's the uh, there's uh, this uh, uh, video game series called uh, uh, Endless. Like right, there there's Endless Legend. There's Endless Space and Endless Space Two. And I do know that if you're playing um, Endless Space 1 or 2, sometimes you stumble across a planet. You discover a planet that is, in fact, hollow, and that gives you a maximum population capacity bonus. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe maybe not on Earth, uh, but maybe there are some other planets out there that are hollow inside, and we can add more uh, citizens to it that can <laughs> harvest resources for us. I... Did, did, could be. Could be. Um, could be. And then also, I guess on a smaller scale too, uh, yeah, if if and when we become like a, 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 a space-faring species and we create our own kind of like artificial planets or whatever, yeah, of, of course they're going to be like ring worlds or, um, yeah, the like giant inflatable uh, stations that you maybe spin around and then there's like a disco ball inside for general lighting purposes. Yeah, maybe maybe that. Maybe that too. Yeah. Maybe.
0: I I don't know. And see this is where I'm at, cause like obviously. Obviously it's all high bullshit, but like Yeah. Man. Yeah. Something about it. And especially like Especially, like, the, the what do you, what would you call it, like, pre-colonial whatever cultures. Like, mm-hmm. American Southwest is full of this shit, dude. Like, these people we'll just, just even, like, oh, yeah, no, our, our ancestors lived underground and then we came up ground. But, um, especially with, like, the Mount well, Shasta stuff and, like, it talks, to, like, I've read stuff yeah. about, like, native accounts of, like, fighting giants that came from inside the earth. And then, like, um, Bride's Head Falls in California. Um, is a really famous site and there is a mummified feet there or there was it talks about natives fighting giants and they burnt the cave apart and there's a they talk about how there' all the giants have six fingers and in the burn scar they, they they lit the cave on fire to kill the people inside and like 15 feet up there's a handprint in the ash and it's got six fingers on it it's like well fuck what Holy what do you shit. what do you do with that like yeah, right.
1: Yeah, what? What? what do you Truly, what it's do you insane. It's just so dumb.
0: Like, it's it, not dumb. Yeah. It's not dumb. Dumb is the wrong word, but d- d- God it, damn, is, man. it is
1: dumb, dumbfounding, dumb dumbfounding.
0: And yes, part of me blame it on the Nyquil and blame it on the sickness,
1: uwa, uh, and like whatever. But <laughs> yeah, I I think this is something that we absolutely do need to uh, come around once more in a follow-up episode in a part two, because there, there's only so much that can be contained in just one episode of the two wizards podcast. So uh, Mark, thank you. Even, even fighting uh, this, this, this illness that you're going through uh great, great episode, Uh astute leadership as always. Thank you, sir. Um, I, I, I learned a bunch, and hopefully, listeners, you also learned a bunch, too. Uh, and we, we love hearing from you. We've been having some more interactions on our, on our socials. Uh, we've, been, we've been trading some DMs back and forth. We've been adding people. We've been added uh, on Twitter as well. And so if you want to join in on the fun, here's, here's a couple ways that you can do that. Uh, you can send an email uh, to us at twowizardspodcast uh, at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, like I said, at Two Wizards Pod C One. Uh, I'm also on Twitter individually at Plaid Barbarian, and Mark is also on Twitter. Uh, where at uh, Marquis Stardust, and
0: you can also find me on my other podcast, in the other House High Hammock podcast, the Dangle Podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny talk about King of the Hill.
1: Cause let's see, I, I just saw what was it? I just saw one of your most recent ones. You had. You just cut an episode about...
0: Oh, yeah, um, and they call it Bobby Love and Peggy's Headaches.
1: That's right. That's, yeah. right. that's right. So, so, so yes. Uh, oh, we're talking I, about I being New Age healers. I'm not a New Age healer. That's, that's Johnny's
0: it. not a New Age healer, but, uh, you know, <laughs> there's the
1: Hollow Earth, and I bet they're New Age healers. Yeah, they, they, they have something. They have something going on. Put on a little incense. Uh, play a little... Um, 90s, like slow rock, and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> 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 but anyway, because anyway, so, li-
0: living in the hollow <laughs> earth feels so good,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, everybody, thank you once more for joining us. Um, or or hell, tell us how do you prepare your martini? Um, Maybe that, maybe that's an important thing you want to share too, because it's weird. This was like a slow-burning drunk. Like I was doing fine, and now that we're at like almost the two-hour mark, it's just like, woo. That's that's where the gin is. Um, <laughs>
0: can, can I be straight with you, Josh? Sure, do it. I I am here standing before you at
1: thirty-three, and I have never had a martini. This is, I I had one. This is my second. This is my second of all time. And I even forget when my first one was. It was, I think, like some function or something like that that had a bar. And I was like, ah, shit, let me try a martini. Um, and no, it's it's all right. Yeah. It's okay. I, I don't know if I'm, like, super eager to uh, dive back into this uh, uh, pool. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, maybe not and giving
0: too much away, but I think here in two weeks' time, when we revisit oh, Hollowworth and I think you're going to be we, here for it.
1: Maybe our wizards' goblets
0: that. will be full of martini.
1: Yeah, it's it's lit, literally gin and vermouth, oh. and uh, and if you follow Winston Churchill, uh, his his favorite his his favorite preparation for a martini was um, one part gin. To or no, excuse me. It was uh, two parts gin, one part, gesturing vaguely towards France. <laughs> so just so, gin yeah. So Winston, Mar- so yeah. So Winston Churchill was just just straight drinking gin.
0: I like uh, to drink straight gin. I suppose. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then I read like Ernest that. Hemingway and get super depressed. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, hey, thank you for joining us uh, this time around. Um, As always, I'm Josh, and I'm a wizard.
0: I'm Mark. I'm a wizard. Don't dig too deeply, guys. There's a Balrog down there, but there's also a Gartha and Shambhala, so fucking do work, boys. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Good night, everyone.
1: He rolled upon his back, and after that... I killed them all! Ah! Ah!